Well, good morning, Woodland. You know, there are a lot of special days and holidays that we celebrate as a nation. Mother's Day was a couple weeks ago. Father's Day is right around the corner. You know, we'll be celebrating our nation's freedom on the 4th of July. Next week, we will be honoring our high school graduates as they graduate high school. And, and tomorrow is Memorial Day, the day we set aside as a nation to honor those who've given their lives serving our country. And these holidays are special days where we honor someone. And honor is important for our well-being as individuals, as families, and for our society. One day, a group of four young friends, they were talking about what they would like to do with their lives when they grow up. And the first friend said, you know, I want to be a congressman so that I can draft laws that will benefit our country. The second friend said, I want to be a lawyer so that I, I can defend my countrymen. And the third friend said, I want to be a doctor so that I can cure my countrymen. And the three friends looked at the fourth, waiting for him to respond. And finally he said, I just want to be a countryman. And this story, it captures the differences and challenges that we face as we become passionate followers of Christ. Some are givers and others are servers. Some are other-centered, while others are takers, selfish, and self-centered. And if we're going to be passionate followers of Christ, and then an area we have to look at and improve in our lives is honoring one another. And in today's society, the importance of honor seems to be declining. And while it still grabs our attention when we watch a movie or we read a headline in the newspaper, just spend some time in a crowd or in a grocery store and you see how, you know what, we forgot to really how to show honor to others. You know, honor means to demonstrate high respect or great esteem for someone. And by honoring another person, you're showing them that you see great value in them. And to show honor involves in a, an emotional side in us where, where there's a feeling of respect and reverence. And it also includes an action on our part. And I came across this definition of honor. It said, honor is treating people as special, doing more than what's expected, and having a good attitude. You know, have you ever done something for someone and you just didn't have a good attitude about it? You did it, but you just weren't that excited about it. I think we all have, right? We've shown someone honor when we're, we're going above what's expected of us. And to steal a line from Chick-fil-A, it's our pleasure to do so. When COVID hit, everything shut down. And I got to tell you, I love competition. I love to win. I love sports. I love to win. You know, whether it's shoots and ladders or Candyland, I want to win. And if I don't win, I'm a little upset. Right? And so when COVID hit, I went into a sports withdrawal. There was, there was no March Madness. Baseball shut down. Even Summer Olympics were postponed. It was hard to listen to sports radio and to watch ESPN. But one night, I found myself watching a professional cornhole tournament. I was desperate for competition. <laughs> but one thing I love about the Bible is that it was written just for me. And it was written just for you. You know, there's so many different things in there. It has everything. It has love stories. It has betrayal. There's fighting in it. There's those I didn't see that coming moments. 
And for those that are competitive, it even has portions of scripture written for us. And so you stand with me one more time out of honor of reading the word of God. In Romans 12, 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Another version says it this way, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Did you catch that? That's the competitive side. Outdo one another. How can I outdo you in honoring someone? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Your word brings life to us. And I pray today, help us to see your truths in the scripture of how we can honor one another. For when we honor one another, we are honoring you. And so help us to live honorably today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. You know, the Bible clearly has a lot to say about how we're to honor one another. And so if we're going to live a life that pleases God, then I have to honor God when I honor authority. There was a department head aboard a Navy vessel who became concerned about one of his senior enlisted leaders. And this man, he was a superb technician, but he had a problem of showing respect to his superiors. And he made it obvious that he didn't like taking orders. So the department head took him aside and suggested the man try to do something that had worked for him. Whenever an officer gives you a directive that you think is stupid, just say, yes, sir. But in your mind, think, you're an idiot. Will this work for you? The senior enlisted leader looked at him, smiled broadly, and said, yes, sir. You know, in the military, there's no room for a rebellious attitude. You follow orders or there's consequences. Rebellious is not acceptable in, in the military. It's not acceptable to God either. And so honoring those in authority is to respect and value those over you because of the influence and responsibility that they carry for your life. You know, we don't reverence the individual, but we honor the position that they have. In 1 Peter 2, I, I like how the message says this. It says, make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It's God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. It, exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family, revere God, respect the government. You know, every person that is living is under some type of authority, and we will be until the day we die. And Peter and Paul, they wrote about honoring those in authority over to us. And we have to remember, they're writing about the Roman Emperor Nero, who is viciously persecuting the Christians. See, authority is a God thing. And one of the ways we honor God is by responding to those he's put us in authority over us. Whether we agree or disagree with them, God clearly has shown us that we're to honor and respect them. You know, honoring someone like Nero or even King Saul as he's hunting David has to be a little tough it's easy to honor someone when you agree with them and you agree with the decisions that they're making, but it's a little more difficult when you see that they're making poor choices and 
how are we still to honor them? Well, you know, we are supposed to show respect for those in authority. You know, remember, honoring isn't just doing everything that they say. When we honor the person in authority, if they ask us to do something immoral or illegal, we're not obligated to obey them. You see it with David and his interactions with King Saul. As King Saul's hunting David, David has his chances to kill him, but he chooses not to out of respect of the authority God has put in his life. You see it in the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as, as the king is about to throw them into the fiery furnace. They are still talking with the king in a very respectful and polite way. They honored the position that God had placed them in. You know, we're also to honor those in authority by praying for them. You know, whether it's your boss, your teachers, your governors, elected officials, we are called to pray for them. First Timothy 2 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. You know, how often are you praying for our government officials? And I want to challenge you. Take a moment every day and just say a prayer and say, God, I ask that you would just help them to make wise, godly decisions. God, bring people around them that will encourage them that they may come to know you. Pray every day for our officials. Secondly, if I'm to live a life that pleases God, then I honor God when I honor my parents. You know, the first word a, a child says is so precious. And normally the parents, they're, they're trying to get their child to say mama or dada, and they'll spend countless hours and days just in front of mama, dada, right? You know, one day I remember Brayden's first word. We were sitting there, and Brayden was sitting on the floor just playing, and Jeanette and I are sitting there, and out of the blue, as clear as day, Brayden says, Dad. I looked at Jeanette in shock. I was like, did he just say Dad? And then for confirmation, he does it again. Dad. I picked that boy up. I flew him around the room. I was the proudest dad in the world. Right? I was so proud of them. But you know what's funny is there's, there's another word children learn to say that's not as cute, and that's no. Right? And as they get older, they learn to say things to their siblings like, you're not my boss. And then they learn another phrase, I can't wait to move out and live on my own so that I can do whatever I want. Right? Thankfully, I've already committed to Ella. She's living with me the rest of her life. See, children, they'll bust through boundaries. They will break rules. And as parents, we put rules in place to help safeguard our children, to help them make wise decisions and to grow. And you know, God did the same for us when he gave us the Ten Commandments. And the fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother. Look what Paul wrote in Ephesians 6. He says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, 
things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on earth. And I've realized something in my short time on earth is, you know, when my kids say yes and, and do what I ask, you know what? I am more willing to let them have more stuff. But when they say no and they don't respect and don't honor and don't obey, you know what I say? Nope, you can't do that. See, God has placed so much value in honoring our parents that he's put it in the Ten Commandments. And no matter our age, we are to honor our parents, not because they've necessarily earned that right, but because of the special relationship God has formed between a parent and a child. And so when we honor our parents, even when we feel like they're making poor decisions and doing a, a poor job, we're honoring God by bringing them glory. You know, and in our culture, this often doesn't resonate with us. We often feel we need to honor those who, whose behavior is worthy of our honor. But that's not what God says. And so what does it look like in our life when we're to honor our parents? You know, when we're young as children, we honor our parents by being obedient. And so students, when, you're, when your parents ask you to clean your room, you say, okay, and then you go do it. You don't wait for them to ask a second, third, or fifth time. You just go and do it. When your dad says, go mow the lawn, you say, okay, and you go do it. When your parents say, you need to be home by 11, you say, okay, and you come home by 11. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. And that may be tough as a child, but that's what the Bible says. And one of the best ways I found to, to obey is, is three things, quickly, completely, and with a good attitude. And when we do those things, we're honoring our parents. You know, when we get older and we move out and we get married, the Bible says we're still called to honor our parents. And it may look differently than it did when we were a child, but we still can honor them. And one of the ways we honor them is providing care for them. You know, being helpful for them and caring for them is one of the greatest gifts we can give our parents. They took care of us when we were young. They, they helped us get to where we needed to go. They gave their time, their energy, their money. And as we become Adults, we can now provide for them and help them as well. You know, we can also honor our parents by listening to their advice and counsel. You know, our parents, they have experience, and their experience gives them a perspective that we may not have. They may have gone through the situations that we are facing right now, and so it's, it's wise to seek out their counsel and their advice to get their thoughts on what you should do when you face a tough decision. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow it, but it's still wise to ask for their advice. You know, we also honor them by living honorable. Parents, your children learn from you. And if you want to receive honor from your children, you have to live honorably as well. Proverbs 23 says, listen with respect to the father who raised you. And when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. Buy truth. Don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom. Buy education. Buy insight. Parents rejoice when their children turn out well. Wise children become proud parents. So make your father happy. Make your mother proud. You know, learning to honor our parents is foundational of how we honor everyone else in our lives. 
from the fifth commandment, we learn how to honor our teachers. We learn how to honor our parents. We learn how to honor even our bosses, our government leaders, and on and on and on. And so parents, be intentional. You know, you, you're choosing whether you want to or not teaching your children how to honor their future spouse. And God says that we're to honor our parents. And when we do, we will live a full life. And then third, if I'm to live a life that pleases God, I honor God when I honor my spouse. You know, a wedding is a beautiful ceremony of two individuals joining together as they exchange vows in front of God, family, and their friends. And as they exchange their vows, they pledge to love and honor each other all the days of their life. And when we make that vow, we're declaring that we are going to cherish them, that we are going to treasure them. And the vow to honor instructs us to put them ahead of ourselves and ahead of everybody else. It's the giving of our very best version of ourselves to them instead of someone else. I read a true story about a man who had made a private vow to try to be a, a loving, giving, unselfish husband for the first two weeks of their family vacation. He worked hard to notice his wife, to attend to all her needs, doing everything that she wanted to do, even if he really wanted to do something else. And it was going great, so great, in fact, that at the end of those two weeks, he decided to choose to keep loving his wife that way. But on the last night of their vacation, his wife became upset, and finally she blurted out, Do you know something that I don't know? What do you mean, he said. She said, well, several weeks ago, I had gone to the doctor for a checkup, and you have been so good to me ever since then. Did the doctor tell you something that I don't know? Am I dying? Well, it took a moment for it to sink in and settle in, but the man started laughing. He said, no, honey, you're not dying. I'm just starting to live. Showing honor to your spouse is a mindset. It's an attitude. And it may take some practice, especially when challenges arise. See, honor doesn't mean we belittle or criticize. When we honor our spouse, we are building them up. We're not tearing them down. And to honor our spouse, we are to be their, their biggest fan. You know, it's a husband who, who puts his wife before himself and everything. It's a, a wife who doesn't speak disrespectfully but shows admiration to, to who he is. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. And then Ephesians 5.33 says, What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. And so how can we honor our spouse? I just want to share a couple quick ways this morning. There are so many, but let me just point out a couple. It's when we spend time praying for and praying with them. You know, it's one thing to pray for someone, but it's another when, when we grab their hands and say, let me pray with you. 
You know, when Jeanette comes and she begins to share what's going on in her life and she shares how her students have just been struggling in the class and misbehaving and not listening and she shares how her migraines have just gotten worse and, and you know, when I grab her hands and say, let me pray for you, I found that I am more loving, I'm more patient, I'm more caring, and I found that I offer her more grace when I pray with her than when I don't. And so when I'm praying with Jeanette, it helps me to focus less on myself and more on her. And I'm showing that I value her more than I value my life. And if you haven't made it a habit to pray with your spouse, I want to encourage you to do that today. You know, it may feel awkward to start, but, you know, just simply go home and just, just bring it up and say, you know, Pastor Corey was talking about food and everything, but he was also mentioning about praying. Maybe we should pray together. Let's give it a try. And just begin to try praying. It may seem awkward praying out loud, but remember, it's not so much about the words you say, but the heart behind the prayer. You know, we honor our spouses by choosing to speak words of encouragement. You know, our words are, are to build up and not tear down. Even when we have disagreements, even when there's moments when we are in a fight, right, we shouldn't use these moments to tear down or speak negatively. We need to be our greatest admirer, our greatest cheerleader to our spouse. Words of encouragement may not be your love language, but you can still find ways to encourage one day I came home and I wasn't expecting it and I opened up the door and there was these signs all over our house that said, just because. And I was like, what is this? And Jeanette said, it's just because day. And I was like, what? And as I went throughout the house, there were signs all over the house that said, I love you just because. And I gotta tell you, it was out of the blue, random. I wasn't expecting it. And I felt so good that day walking around saying, you know what? Those words of encouragement, those words of affirmation spoke highly. And then finally, we are to honor our spouse by showing an interest in their passions. You know, I know I, I enjoy things that Jeanette doesn't enjoy, and she enjoys things that I don't enjoy, like camping. I don't enjoy that at all. My idea of camping is going to my parents' cottage where there's air conditioning and running water, right? I, I don't want to go in a tent. But I haven't told you, Pastor, I'm going to go up there after service today and visit him. I felt convicted. But find ways to, to enjoy those things with your spouse. Even if you don't enjoy it, they will enjoy that you're with them. And then honor your spouse by remembering special days. You know, it seems like every day in America there's this national day, whether it's national hot dog eating day or national ice cream day. And I looked up, today is actually national paperclip day, so we can celebrate the paperclip today. So congratulations, paperclip. But I also discovered that on January 26th, it's national spouses day. And unlike Valentine's day, this day was created for giving time to your spouse, not giving gifts and celebrating your spouse that day. And so couples are encouraged on this day to spend time alone and reflect on their journey together. And so put it on your calendar now so that you don't forget next year to celebrate that day. You know, men, don't forget important 
days, whether it's an anniversary, a birthday, any other day that's special to your wife. And if you are prone to forget, there's a thing in your phone called a calendar. And you can put it on a reminder in it. And what's amazing is you can put a reminder for the month before, the week before, the day before, the day of. And so if you put those, all those reminders in there, you shouldn't forget any of those days. Whether it's celebrating a day when you went on your first date or when your wife put on that dress and you remember her wearing it. Talk about how you felt. Talk about the funny stories that, that happened that day. Share with your wife or your husband what they mean to you and tell them just how much you love them. You know, when we show honor to one another, whether it's to our spouse, whether it's to our parents, or even our bosses, we demonstrate and show honor to one another. When we do that, we're honoring God and giving him glory with our lives. And so let's look at our growth work this morning. You know, how are you doing at honoring God? How are you doing at honoring others? In Romans 12, 10, it says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know, is there room for improvement? You know, are you competitive like I am? And you, you take the translation that says, outdo one another in honoring each other. And say, how can I do that? How can I honor people with a great heart, with a great attitude where you say, it's my pleasure? And secondly, who can you honor this week? Romans 13, 7 says, show honor to those you should honor. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's another employee that stepped up at work this week and helped tackle a project. Take an initiative and improve your work atmosphere by honoring those around you. Maybe honor one of your children. When you see them doing something right, take a moment and just honor them for that. Maybe it's a parent. You know, recognize that your parents did the very best they could raising you. That they took time out of their schedules to help take you to certain places. But they made sacrifices for you. You know, this spring, Braden, he decided to run track for the first time, and I went to one of his meets, and he was running the first race and the last two races. And so you had to be there for the whole thing. And after two hours of just watching all these people run that I had no idea who were running, I leaned over to Jeanette and I said, I'm done. This is tiring. And he hadn't even run his last two races yet. There's still another hour to go. It's crazy. And I turned to Jeanette and I said, I need to call my mom and apologize to her, Pastor. She came to all my track meets when I was in middle school. And so I did. I called her. I said, Mom, I am so sorry I made you sit through all those things. But thank you. And Mom, if you're watching right now, thank you again for making all those sacrifices for me. I appreciate it. Call your parents. Tell them you appreciate them. Honor them this week. And then third, how are you honoring God with your life? Remember, honor is a hard issue. If you want to live honorably, you have to honor God with your life. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul and all your mind. And the only way to honor God is to first to invite him into your life. Invite him into your life. And then begin to just take the steps to grow in your faith and live for him. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you so much, God, for what you've done in my life. And I've talked about honoring God with our lives this morning. And when we honor others, we honor you, God. Jesus said that we have to love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. And if you haven't decided to invite Jesus into your life, and you want to cross that line of faith today and begin that relationship, whether you're here or whether you're watching online right now, I want to encourage you to pray with me this morning. Just simply pray, Jesus, I thank you for loving me enough that you came to die for me. And though I don't understand everything, I do know that I need you in my life. I've tried to do things on my own and it's just not working. I need you. And so I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and help me to live each day for you. God, may I bring honor to you by the way I live. In Jesus' name I pray. And God, as we continue to pray this morning, I pray, help us to live honorably lives. Lord, may we find ways to honor one another, whether it's our bosses, our other employees, God, our government officials, our children or our parents. God, may we outdo one another in honoring others so that we can honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. At this time, Pastor Clanton's gonna come and he's gonna share how you can receive a special gift if you prayed that prayer with me this morning. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer with Pastor Corey today or you're watching online, if you're watching online, you can engage with us right now if you're on our Woodside, our website, which is woodland.church. Someone will connect with you immediately and tell you, help you in your commitment that you've just made with Christ and share with you something, a gift that we have to give you no cost, no charge. Nobody's going to be dudding you for money or bird-dogging you or anything like that. We just want to be a blessing in your life. But we have a Bible and some, several other resource materials since you've given your heart to Christ of how to get started living for Jesus. And there's a special online message you can access is, what does it mean to be saved? Which will tell you all about the good things that God has done for you. I hope that you check that out and let us help you. And by the way, if you're visiting with us online or you visited here today, please fill out a communication card. Let us know that you're here. Would you stand with me this morning? What a wonderful day this has been. Corey, you've taught us well how to honor God and to honor one another. And I share your conviction about camping. I will never forget that phrase, enter into the tent. 
If you don't know what your love language is, go to fivelovelanguages.com. That's a great book that we've recommended here before uh, by a Christian psychologist that I think would help you and help you to understand what Corey was talking about. We've heard about two men, one who was spared stoning by his family and a friend of his that came to know Jesus. We've heard about how God transforms Zacchaeus and how he's transformed us, that we are a blessing to the world. But we've also heard and we have prayed for those families. And I believe God has heard our prayers and will make us a more tender, compassionate church. I think the church is being sifted right now. I think that those who are following for the wrong reasons will blow away like chaff in the wind. But those of us that want to be passionate followers of Christ, and I'm not speaking just about Woodland, I'm talking about the body of Christ around the world. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Do you hear me, family? Jesus is coming back. Now may the Lord honor you with his abundant presence. And as you so honor into one another's lives, may people pour back into honor into you. And may God honor us here with a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit beyond anything we could think, dream, or imagine. And fill this church with his holy presence. God bless you. Go in peace today.